Welcome back to the Cloudcast Variety Program, where two guys who are married, but not to each other, in the lifestyle, uh, talk about the lifestyle and uh, their goings on and happenings and whatnot. Wow, you philandered, you, you meandered around that one a little bit this time. I kind of winged it. Are we no longer in the lifestyle, but not talking about the lifestyle? We're actually going to talk about the lifestyle. It turns out we have been, huh? Yeah, it seems that way. Sorry to disappoint the folks, but you know, we do have sex. Yep. Welcome back, everyone. Well, not you and me. <laughs> Before we even get started, we get into our exploits and escapades. I just got to tell you that last night was amazing. What happened last night? I Sex happened. Again. I know. I know. And Didn't you get enough over the weekend? I thought so. And I thought I had the best sexual experience of my life over the weekend. But uh, then last night happened. And <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was possible. It. I, I, I've... Not so much anymore, but, you know, during my 20s and 30s, 20s and 30s days, 20s and 30s, I pretty much thought about nothing but sex all the time and tried to do it as much as I could. And I never got better at it. And now somehow that I don't, I don't know, I don't care as much, but I don't think about it as much. Now I'm getting better at it, or at least we're getting better at it as a couple. Really, it's her, so... (laughs) <laughs> she is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had a great night last night. We went out to this concert. It was a really cool concert in this little bar called The Ship down in uh, our freight house district. And uh, came back home. And yeah, she had the red lights on and and a beautiful outfit. And yeah, it was it was amazing. I didn't think it could get better. Until it did. Yeah. Do you think that's related to the lifestyle or would that, that have happened independent? Of the lifestyle. No, I think it's definitely related to the lifestyle. I think it almost has to be because I think when you're in the lifestyle, sex stops being something that you just do out of habit. It becomes a special occasion. It becomes something something more, I guess, than what it what it is just as a as an individual couple. I think it's very easy to start taking it for granted as a couple. But when you are in the lifestyle and you have people you play with on a fairly regular basis, it adds that extra bit of, of spice. And then I think it's like you're almost always in this reclamation mode when you do get back home from a lifestyle trip. Yeah. And you get that, rec, rec, what did I just say, reconciliation sex or you know, reconnection sex, however you want to put it. Yeah. And, and I think that that definitely adds to the, to the flavor. For sure, for sure. And I, I don't even know consciously that it does, right? It just happens. I also was well, thinking... You know, there's this there's this notion in the lifestyle that people start to take better care of themselves and worry more about their appearance. And I think that's true of anyone who is dating, whether you're single or if you're married and dating, right? You're going to just think more about how you dress, uh, you, you know, whether you pluck this hair or trim these nails or whatever that you didn't think about if you're just in a long-term marriage and you don't think about it quite as much, sadly. Yeah. And I think too that, I think that's all very true. I, th- I think also when you're in the lifestyle, sex to some degree, becomes a hobby that you share with your partner. Really good point. And I think when you have a hobby, you you want to get good at it. You want to be adequate and in advance and make progress and do things better and discover new things and, and learn new things. And so it's kind of a I want to don't want to say a reason necessarily, but it's but it helps. It gives you a a different motive other than just getting yourself off. You you start learning things, how to please other people, and you know how you like to be pleased. And it opens up a whole new world of discovery, I think. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, and that's kind of like what I was saying. I was basically saying that, you know, I want to look better so I can 
do better in the in the lifestyle. I also want to perform better uh, in the lifestyle. You know, I'm worried. I'm worried about sexual performance or, you know, whether I'm fun enough in bed and those sorts of things. And I think most people naturally do that in the lifestyle, even if it's not conscious. So yeah, it ends up uh, really helping your sex life, I think. And so I've even noticed with me and my wife, how being with you guys on a fairly regular basis has actually bled over and helped our sex life. So there's something that, you know, your wife and I do just probably started maybe six months ago, this whole looking into each other's eyes really deep in the middle of it all, I, I never really did that before. I mean, I looked at people, looked in their eyes, but not the same way. So now I'm doing that with my wife, and it's just it's just really nice, good feedback kind of loop that that happens where it's like, okay, well, I'm taking something I learned with your wife and bringing it back to our relationship, and and maybe some of that goes vice versa too. And it's I think it's just a really cool dynamic that I didn't really think of ever happening. I don't think I did either. And, you know, you hear people say uh, this, the reclamation sex is so good. And, you know, you hear that in the abstract when you're first starting out in the lifestyle, you don't necessarily appreciate it. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone explain, you know, why that is. And and part of it is just, you know, I want to be better at it for myself, for for my wife and for other partners. Yeah. And, and I think, too, that... Uh, I don't think about it necessarily. I know I said reclamation earlier. I don't think that's the right word because that that reclamation almost implies like ownership and that you took her from me and then now I'm taking her back and I'm reclaiming what's mine. I I think it really is more about reconnection. And you you have all this, this charged sexuality when we're like all four together and then you don't have that and you can kind of choose to go two ways. It's like, well... You know, now I'm bored and I'm just not going to do anything until the four of us are together again. Well, that would be bad. Or you can just say, okay, well, now what can I take from that energy and keep that energy going within my own relationship and, and, and build that up even more? And I think that's part of the ways, too, that you know, the lifestyle can help couples to stay close individually and to, to just maintain the fire that they individually have as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, of course, the other thing that's really important about having a better sex life is communication and the lifestyle, at least for us. And I think for most people has just made a world of difference in our ability to communicate, particularly about intimacy. Absolutely. And and things that you just would never even think of talking about to your partner, you know, like maybe not to share too much, but you know, when you interact with people online, there's usually one person in the relationship that does that. Right. And typically that's me when we're talking to other couples online and uh, in the past, past relationships, I would have been really scared to talk about those conversations with my wife. I would have been very nervous thinking, oh, is she going to think that I'm cheating on her or that I'd rather be talking to this person? Now it's very, very easy. It's like, oh, hey, I got this uh, connection on field. So I'll let you know about it. Where I'm interacting with either the guy or the girl for that matter. And just wanted, wanted you to read it just so you're you know, in the loop of what's going on. And I think when you start doing that, you're that transparent with things. And, you know, I know you guys do the same thing. Our phones are, are open to each other. When you have that, it's just, it builds a level of trust that I didn't even know you could have really. Yeah. And this is so interesting to me because I think my perception of your relationship with your wife is that you guys were fairly open uh, in talking about your own sex life with one another. And my wife and I 
came from a, you know, a kind of a Catholic upbringing background and we're pretty conservative type of people. And we didn't ever talk explicitly about sex. Like we use cute little names for it. Uh, you know, we never talked serious conversations. They were always sort of tongue in cheek, uh, or suggestive. We never really talked directly about, you know, what we like and don't like, or what we're into and not into what's, you know, our limits and things like that. We never really had honest adult conversations about it. The lifestyle has forced us to do that. And it's been such a positive impact on our marriage and our relationship as a whole. And I think that's interesting that, you know, we're, we come from two different places, but we both get something out of it. Yeah. And we ended up in the same place. Sure. Isn't yeah. that interesting? It is. It is interesting. Um, and, you know, everyone's, everyone's going to make mistakes. We certainly have made our mistakes in communication and, and all those things too, but it's about where you're going, not where you, not where you are. Right. Well, and then what do you take from the mistake? Like, you know, I see people at work all the time. They may make a mistake and then they're they're in the dumps now for six weeks, eight weeks, beating themselves up. It's like, well, you can't do anything about what you did. You can't fix that mistake. You can learn from it. You can move on. But if you keep letting that mistake uh, impact your today, then you're giving it so much power, right? Yeah. Made a mistake. I screwed up. I said, I'm sorry. Let's move on and make it better. Yeah. And, and of course, you have to have the right conversations to, you know, to, to go through the whole thing and you know, make sure that everyone is in that forgiving space. But once you do that, the more you linger on what you did wrong, the more it's going to keep aggravating you and your partner. Yeah. And so while we're on that kind of conversation, it reminds me that I've seen people in lifestyle in our community and I've been this person in other situations where you get, have you ever heard of uh, paralysis by analysis? Oh yeah. So I've seen people do this in the lifestyle in our community, people that have been in the community for six months, nine months, maybe even a year, and they've never played with anyone. They've never been outside. They're just, in their words, they're learning and they're, they're and their partner are trying to figure out what their style is going to be. And, uh, you know, they don't want to make the mistakes and I, I don't want to tell anybody what to do, but I just encourage you to, you know, at some point you got to put your toes in the water. Uh, and trust that this is a process. It's iterations. There will be mistakes. You will change your style. What's acceptable to you now won't be acceptable down the road. Um, come back and learn more of that stuff later. You know, if, you're, if your favorite podcast is AB, go listen to AB for you know a little while, and then go practice some of that, those things. Go out in the community and, and experience it, and you'll probably make some mistakes. But then come back, and you'll have a much better absorption of that material after you've done it yourself. Yeah, definitely. Because you don't know what your reaction is going to be until you do it. Yeah. And you don't know what your partner's reaction is going to be until she or he does it. And so I think if you, if you start from a place of safety in your relationship to say, look, we're going to try some stuff and we're each going to have our own reactions to this. Let's just make it a deal that as long as we are honest and open about what we're doing, that we can forgive each other for every mistake we make as long as we talk about it. Yeah. You know, and I think if you have that level of, of trust with each other, it helps to empower you to do what you just mentioned, to just go and try some things. Because in the end, as long as you don't cross the rules, you can pretty much recover from, from boundary crossing. Yeah. And, and that's where you learn things. And, you know, but just being clear on what your rules are versus what your boundaries are. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But again, that takes good communication. It it does. It does. And, you know, you'll learn to communicate better, too, as you move along. 
Um, obviously, you need to talk beforehand. You, you need to be on the same page, plus or minus, with your partner. I'm not suggesting that. But also understand that you'll struggle a little bit with communication along the way, and you'll get better at mm-hmm. it because of the lifestyle, because of those mistakes. They'll make you a, a better person. They'll make your marriage a better marriage. Well, and I think that's why you know people always say that the lifestyle is not something that's going to fix a broken marriage or a marriage that's at risk. You have to be in a really healthy spot. And I say marriage or any relationship. But if you have to be in a healthy spot in your relationship before you can even contemplate doing this, because all that communication, that's really hard stuff. And if your relationship is unhealthy, then that, that communication is not going to come naturally. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's enough serious stuff. Let's talk about fun stuff. Yeah. We talked about agenda for five minutes. We didn't even mention any of that. <laughs> I know, right? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I drug you into some, some different stuff. <laughs> but I think that's one of the things that makes our podcast awesome. Yeah. And sometimes if, if I, give you topics in advance or you give me topics in advance, we tend to overthink our, what we're going to talk about and it comes out wooden. So, right. Oh, before we move on, speaking of uh, communicating with people online, when we were driving back from, uh, from the lake this week, I don't know if you know how, how field kind of works, but you where it's very regional or location based. And so I got this ping from somebody who was um, basically kind of in the, the Iowa vicinity, which we drove through and uh, we exchanged some messages, and um, seemed like a pretty good guy, pretty good couple. And I mentioned, "Hey, do you listen to podcasts?" And he said, "Yeah, sure." And I'd mentioned, just kind of tongue in cheek, that it's one of the hobbies that I have that with with you, because I kind of explained you know, our relationship with you guys. I said, "We, in fact, we even have podcasts." And he's like, "You're kidding me!" And I was like, "No, we do." He said, "Give it to me. I want to listen." He listened to our first episode. I don't know if he's listened to any more yet, but he loved it. He said, "You guys sound like..." did not sound like a first episode. It sounded like you guys have been doing this forever. It sounded very natural and very flowing. So I thought I'd give you that feedback. I hadn't told you Oh, that that's yet. really awesome. That's awesome. We had a, a couple that we met. We'll talk about it in a bit. But we had a couple that we met that we turned on to the podcast. And they seemed to really enjoy it. Um, and it, it's been a bonding point for the four of us. You know, we talk about, of course, I reveal probably too many personal details in the podcast. So now they too, know too much about me. But, uh, you know, it's a good, to- it's a good talking point. So, <laughs> hey, it, if this gets me laid more, if it gets me laid one time, it's worth all the hundreds of hours we put into it so far. And I would like to just recognize for a minute the amount of work that you do on this podcast. Aw, thanks. I do color commentary, and that's about it. You do all the really hard work of the editing and all the volume controls and getting rid of sound artifacts. And for people who've never worked with audio and have never done tried to do a podcast, it is a tedious chore. I could not, I do not have the patience to do it. I don't know how you have the patience to do it, but you do a fantastic job and I greatly appreciate it. Oh, thanks. It's, we've made it harder on ourselves just by not having a proper setup that's the same every time. (laughs) That makes, that makes editing difficult. Yeah, that's true. So last time we talked, your wife was bit by a snake and we're going to call her birthday girl this time. I think that works. And how about my wife? Ooh. Hmm. I'm open to suggestions on that one this time. I think edgy. Edgy? Did you follow the text chain this morning? I thought I did. Okay, so last night at the bar, there was this incredibly beautiful girl there, woman, uh, and I was ogling her. And she was, uh, she wasn't goth, but she had like that almost goth vibe to her. Uh, mm-hmm. She was tattooed and everything. And and my wife looks at me and she goes, I guess we just have different tastes. I don't really like the edgy women like that. To which I responded to her, the other day (laughs) you wore a Powerpuff shirt. (laughs) 
with Space Buns and Doc Martens. So I think you're probably edgy yourself. To which she replied, no, that's just cute. <laughs> <laughs> I totally had took edgy a different way, thinking about edging towards orgasms. Oh, you're I forgot right. about that. I do remember that, that, that text chain because... I'm going to say, well, I guess she edges for maybe about 10 seconds. <laughs> no, she doesn't edge at all. <laughs> she, she doesn't have to. So this could be kind of ironic on that tense, on that side of it. And then, you know, literal with the, the edgy with the Doc Martens and the Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. All right. So birthday girl and edgy. That's right. When last we left our heroes, birthday girl had been bitten on the foot by a coppermouth and cottonmouth, cottonmouth, copperhead, copperhead, copperhead. Yeah. And her foot swole up to the size of a balloon. Yes. So basically a hot air balloon. But we had a trip coming up just a couple weeks later, I think after that. And why don't you talk about the impetus for this trip? We visited you in, in Minneapolis or St. Paul and tell us about that. Yeah. Trip. So, um, well, should we talk about how she recovered from getting bit by a copperhead? Ah, uh, sure. Because our drive home was freaking miserable. Let me tell you that. Because we tried to rally the next day, and we went to lunch with you guys, and she was just miserable. So we got home. I guess we got back to your your place on the lake at about I don't know three, two or three o'clock. And I said, guys, we got it. We got to go. She's miserable. And so you guys did such a great job helping us pack and just get everything pulled together and up all the stairs. And, uh, and so we got in the car and it's about an eight hour drive. So by the time we left, it was probably about four, four thirty by the time we got on the road. So we knew we had a long drive ahead, and obviously she wasn't going to be driving at all. And so we, we get going it gets dark. It starts pouring down rain. I think we ended up getting home maybe about one o'clock and I was just beat. But, uh, but we made it home safely and she was miserable still for probably about four days. The swelling finally went down. She was able to start walking a bit, and she got better, thank goodness. But uh, but that was that was a pretty scary thing for all of us to go through, I think. And I think it super scared her more than uh, than she even let on. Just, I mean, she got bit by a copperhead, for God's sake. <laughs> it's just an overall scary thing, even if it doesn't hurt. It did hurt. But even if it didn't yeah. hurt, like getting bit by a snake is just traumatizing, right? Yeah, and it's not something like I started thinking. I was like, I haven't even thought about getting bit by a snake since I was a kid. Yeah, and so to actually have that happen to you, you know, as an adult, like that's weird. Like it just it it made me a lot more cautious going down up and down them stairs this past weekend. That's for dang sure. <laughs> no kidding. But no uh, kidding. But yeah. So the, for you guys came up a, a couple weeks later. Um, well, first off, it was your guys' anniversary, if I recall correctly, right? It was. It was. Our 26th. How many years have you guys been married? 26? 26. Wow. That is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And uh, we travel so much now, and we're, we're always with you guys. We didn't do anything special for our anniversary. Um, we just fucked. Sounds good. I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> but why did we come up to mid to St. Paul to see you guys? Oh, well, there was an amazing concert to be seen. Yeah, and what sort of suicide rock was it that you invited? This was uh, The Cure, one of the best shows of 2023, according to all the good reviewers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Edgy and I uh, Edgy and I came up. Birthday Girl and I did not attend the Cure concert. That was Thank just, God, because you guys both would have killed yourself by before all the, all the happy songs started. It was uh, about two hours of sadness. 
I can imagine. How old is he now? Oh, God, I think he's 62. I want to say he's 10 years older than me. Really? So were there a lot of people sitting down at this concert? Strangely, no. Not until the very, very end when everybody started, their gout started getting in and arthritis started kicking in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, we came up to St. Paul and we stayed in a hotel in downtown St. Paul. Uh, and I yeah. never, I've never spent any time there. Uh, it's, it's, uh, looks like it probably is on its way up. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. I actually lived down there about 20 years ago in downtown and it was, you know, you didn't really never wanted to get out of the skyways kind of, it was a little sketchy in some spots and they've done a lot of work in the last 10 to 15 years to, to add more attractions. They built the, uh, well, they built the arena that we saw the concert in where they play hockey at. Um, they built a minor league baseball field down there and, you know, kind of renovated some buildings and just made them a little bit more um, accessible for restaurants and bars and, and things to do. I just made it a little bit more fun. So the first thing we did, though, was go to this this uh, restaurant. It was a tasting menu restaurant. I don't even know where it was. I think it was in Minneapolis. And you guys had actually booked this for us a while back, but we shortened our trip up there that time. Uh, so we didn't get to make that reservation, but we did it this time. And I got to say it was, it's, it was fantastic. Um, I've been to a lot of tasting menus, um, and they're usually really good, but they're also very hoity, uh, and you leave hungry. And this, in this case, it was a, a good mixture. I thought of incredible presentation, some unique ingredients, but then just core, proteins like the steak was just it was sliced steak seasoned and it was outstanding for instance yeah i i we we love that place we go there probably two or three times a year and uh it's, it's called travail it's in a little uh, suburb called robbinsdale you wouldn't expect a place like this to be in a suburb but it is and that whole little area down there is, is kind of a cool little uh bar and restaurant street but yeah they they do uh like every month i think they change the menu and there's nothing, you don't order anything. You just go and say, I want two of the tasting menus. And do you want the the wine pairings or do you want the alcohol pairings? And that's it. There's no th thought involved. You pay for it all well in advance. They seat you and even the tip, everything's included. You don't have to do any, there's no transactions at all. And you just go and have a great night. And they did not fuck around with the alcohol. They just kept pouring and pouring oh and pouring. Yeah, and it's like they the, the wine, it's like they had two extra bottles in the middle there of like, hey, you guys need to try this. We, we, we just got a few of these bottles. We want to see what you guys think of it. It's like, that's kind of cool, you know? I think it was the next day. No, you know, it was that night, in fact, that your wife gave, and, I, and maybe the folks have noticed, but we have a new logo for the podcast. It's the four of that's us right. on a swing, silhouettes of the four of us on a swing. I think it's really, really cool looking. And your wife had shirts made for us with the logo on it. And she gave me my shirt that night. Yeah. And they're really, them, for some reason came in a little bit later, but it was, it was, it was, it was a really cool shirt. I was very happy the way those turned out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we wore them or I wore mine the next day and then it got ruined. So <laughs> I, I wanted to really, no, we not really. I, w I wanted to lead into that because, uh, your wife has this very special spot in the Minneapolis area. It's at a uh, park on the Wisconsin side. And what was the name of the park? Do you remember, Cormac? Uh, Willow River. Willow State River. Park. Yeah. And uh, there's a little walk downhill to a river. It's a pretty good sized river. And then there's some small falls that come down. 
and you can walk up them if you want to climb up some rocks. It's not really a path of any kind. Uh, and if the water was too big, it, you, you'd die. But your wife has a little crevasse back there that overlooks a bigger waterfall that's away from all the people at the at the base. Uh, that's just this quiet reflection spot for her. And her and I hiked up there, which, by the way, I, I can't believe she just did it so cavalierly given – you know, she's not really a, a risk taker or a hardcore hiker. She's the last one. She's the first one to complain when we go on hikes and stuff. But she was so excited to get up there and show me this. It was it was really cute. Yeah, I was blown away. The first time she took me there was probably a month before you guys came. Not a couple months. It was, there was, the leaves weren't out on the trees yet. I think it was in March or April. But anyway, um, yeah, I was pretty nervous because it's all wet and slippery. And I didn't have all my, you know, I, I didn't feel really comfortable with it being that wet and just losing my, losing my grip, you know? And, um, but you're right. She just climbs around that thing. Like, like a, like a monkey for God's sake. Yeah. And I brought flip-flops. So I had to go barefoot up there and it was incredible, incredibly slippery, but yeah, she shared this, you know, this special spot. Uh, it had a special spot and she has a lot of memories from it. It's sort of her place of contemplation. She literally told me she would sometimes spend hours there, uh, which is kind of incredible. It was kind of incredible for her to share that with us. So that's a very intimate thing. And, and I'll tell you this, Besides me, you two are the only people she's ever shared that with. Oh, I'm even crying a little. So it, it is, it holds a lot of a very, very deep and very personal meaning to her, both from the, from the side of trauma and, and things that she experienced and had to go through in her life all the way through to, you know, kind of like redemption and, and, you know, bringing herself out of that and, and all the work that she did to, to get to the place. So it kind of is, is a, is a, is a, location that lets her see that full circle of, of her life, so to speak. So it's, it's awesome that she, she lets all that, all three of us into it, to be honest. Cause I've, I would have never even necessarily expected her to even let me go with her there. I'm certainly glad she did, but you know, it's, it's that personal of a place to her. Yeah. That's incredible. But then that bitch, <laughs> she, she let me down the waterfall <laughs> <laughs> down the slippery slope and over the drain pipe. And it seemed almost inevitable that one of us would. It just happened to be me. Uh, slipped out on on some moss or some algae that was on the rocks. Well, and that's the ironic part. I mean, you guys climbed through all the really most treacherous, risky spots just fine. And then you're walking on the spot where there's really no, all it is, just just some rocks. And it's a little bit of an angle on it. And, and I saw you out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, Oh God, no, don't get a concussion. Well, I didn't get a concussion, but this river doesn't smell very good. <laughs> I had my brand new white cloud cast shirt on and it was stinky. <laughs> so I had to walk yeah. out of the park with my shirt off and go to a truck stop and buy a, uh, I love Chevy trucks shirt. <laughs> It was so ridiculous seeing you wear that, that, that may be one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen was you wearing this. And, yeah. and it's, it wasn't just an I love Chevy truck. I had like this stylized Chevy pickup truck on the front. It's just the, the last shirt I would ever imagine Bruce Seven wearing. And everyone knows I'm a Ford guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it, anyway, I think it was that night then that we did the, the concert and uh, your wife and I went to a minor league baseball game. And I didn't really think about that till we just were about to start this podcast. This was our second separate date, but I yeah. didn't ever even think of that one this way. Did you? Um, 
I think in the moment, whenever we were out, I did. But leading up to it and the plan for it, no, I didn't really think about it that way. It was just, oh, this is what we're doing this weekend. Yeah, that's the way I felt about it. And when Birthday Girl and I were out, I wasn't self-conscious the way I was the first time. Uh, I wasn't, I don't know that I was trying to impress, but I was, there was no puffing or anything. It was just the two of us are friends and we're going to fuck later and we're hanging out, seeing a, ma- a minor league baseball game. Yeah. Did you get, you guys sound like you had a lot of, a lot of fun. We did. We had a blast. It was nice to sit and talk. You know, baseball is, uh, I love baseball and I love watching it live because you can just hang out with your friend and talk between pitches and you don't have to be pinned to the game like you do in football or basketball, for instance. And it was a double headers. It was a double header. We, we walked around downtown a little bit for about an hour, uh, in because the games were getting just too long. Right. Yeah. But it was a really cool venue and a really nice stadium. And, and, uh, we had a great old time. Yeah. What I like about that place is like, you can get really good tickets for really cheap. Like I think, Probably the tickets you guys got behind home plate were maybe 25 or 30 bucks each, maybe within that realm of, of cost. So you can get really good seats for a really good price. And you, there are no bad seats in that house because it's, it's a small field. I, I don't know how many thousands of people it holds, but you know, there, I can't imagine there being more than 20 or 30 rows total of seats. So they're all fairly close to the, the field. And I don't know, it's just a different experience than going to see a major league game. And, and the other thing that's nice too, I kind of think about seeing a minor league game is the, the players make more mistakes. And to me, that's a little bit more fun when you watch a, a game. It's like, think about football. Like it gets exciting when people get interceptions or fumbles or sacks, you know, that's because people make mistakes. But oftentimes in baseball, the best, the best performance of a baseball game is a no hitter, which is kind of boring. Yeah. And I don't want to get too far in the weeds here, but have you ever heard of the Savannah bananas? No, never heard of it. All right, well, if you get a chance, you need to YouTube the Savannah Bananas and watch a game. It's uh, they're sort of like the Harlem Globetrotters at baseball. Uh, they only oh, gotcha. play only play exhibition games, and they have all these crazy sets of rules that go into it. And uh, yeah, if you get a chance, just watch it. It's it's amazing. So you guys enjoyed the Cure concert? Yeah, it was it was a lifetime. It was one of those lifetime achievement type of things for me. Um, I, I've enjoyed the cure ever since the mid eighties. And I remember one of the very first CDs I bought, um, was kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. Um, and I'd been listening to him a little bit before then on some like bootleg cassettes that my cousin had lent me from Houston. And, you know, just those, you get these, where I grew up, there wasn't a whole lot of alternative music options. There was like zero. It was classic rock and that was about it and pop and country. But, um, you know, being able to see them as an adult, wanting to see them my whole life, and the show did not disappoint at all. If, if anything, I'd say his voice has gotten better with time. It seems like he has more control over it, and a little bit more subtlety. And the light show was fantastic. It was just, but it wasn't like so over. You know, you've ever been to concerts where there's just so much pyrotechnics and lights and everything that it almost distracts from the music. This is just like the perfect level of lighting to enhance and add to the mood and the ambiance without distracting from the music. Well, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys had and a And then they time. played some, they played some like different versions of songs where like sometimes, you know, like there's one version they had, one song they had that was called Shake Dog Shake. I hate the recorded version. It's a terrible song. That's where I'd planned to get up and go to the bathroom. But halfway through the song, I was like, wait a second, this is a song I hate and I'm loving this song. It's one of the best ones they've played so far. Oh my God. So you got that aspect to it as well where they took songs from their past and they kind of molded it and changed it a little bit 
and made it into something new. So I was, I was thoroughly enjoyed and, you know, I know Edgy had a great time too. We were just both blown away at how good it was. And it was a really good moment for her and I to share. And I think from now on, every time I hear a song by The Cure, I'm not going to be able to help it, but think about her. Aw, you're just going to make me cry again. I'm just going to cry this whole fucking podcast. Aw. All right, well, let's skip forward to Birthday Girl's birthday, which was just a couple weeks later. We just got back uh, yesterday or two days ago, and you guys came down to the lake for the weekend. Yeah. So I'd, I'd been working uh, my, my day shift, so I worked uh, three 13-hour shifts and got off my last one and got in the car and drove all the way down. Um, birthday girl couldn't believe it. She was a little mad at me because I wouldn't let her drive, but I felt good. I felt excited. I was looking forward to going down and seeing you guys and celebrating her. We had so much fun. It was one of my favorite lake trips. Um, it, like everything we did was a blast and we had some of the best sexual experiences down there. It was like I was talking about this morning. They just seemed to get like better and better. And we never, we don't even try. Right. I, I, I don't, I don't sit there and try and think, okay, God, what am I going to do next? You know, it's just like, it just, this stuff just happens and it just, I don't know. It all ends up working out really good. Yeah. We'll talk about the nooner here. Cause that was one, I don't know if it was actually, actually a nooner, but you know what I mean? When we were laying in bed watching TV and like none of that was planned or even expected nope. and it was just super hot. But anyway, you guys got in and the next day we went and met some friends who have a lake house just across from ours. And they have some other friends, mutual friends of ours uh, from Kentucky, West Virginia, from West Virginia. West Virginia, and, I believe. Yeah, and we've been just dying to see them in a long time. She is super hot and they're so much fun. Uh, so we're very excited to go hang out with them on their dock and swim for a while. And we went out on the boat. We almost ran almost ran into the oh, gas God. dock. <laughs> uh, but but I, I, I'm talking about this and bringing it up because it was also really good to get back to the cloud. Yeah, it was. I felt like that was a theme for the weekend because we went and hung out with some more friends a, a couple days later and had a great time. And I loved them and we had just so much fun. But also I couldn't wait just to spend time with you guys as well. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how... And like you said, there nothing bad happened with these other couples. We had a great time, lots of laughs, lots of fun. We got to try out the, your new camera. We'll have to talk about that a little bit. Yep, yep. But you know, it was a great time. And then it still was even great again when it was just us four. And I think that's part of the. I want to say maybe it's the power or just how how awesome our relationship is is that we can do both. We can thoroughly enjoy other people, and we still thoroughly enjoy each other. And and it's. Refreshing both ways. I think that what we're going to have to do as a cloud is the same thing that my wife and I are starting to have to do as a couple when we go out with other couples is we're just going to have to set play dates instead of hangouts. We're just going to have to make the expectation up front that, hey, we're going to tomorrow's a play date. We can have dinner first. That's fine. But <laughs> that's the expectation <laughs> because otherwise it just sort of all fades away and fizzles. And then we're like, as a cloud, we're just like, well, we'd just rather hang out with each other right now because <laughs> it didn't, you know, we were there for what, six hours or something. Right. Well, to be fair, there was a fair amount of, uh, foreplay on that pontoon. There was. Yeah. And that was pretty fun to watch and be part of. I captured some of it with my brand new Insta 360 X3 camera, which this is it's not not sponsored or anything, but for Father's Day I got this 360 camera, and it is the coolest thing, the coolest camera I've ever owned. And I think I've had GoPros, and I didn't really use them, 
And I, I have a gimbal for my phone that I use occasionally, but this 360 camera is so easy to use. It, you, you literally pull it out, push the record button, it starts recording, and you don't even have to aim it. Just, I mean, you could pick different angles and get some weird shots, but it's always capturing 360 degrees around you. And then you can take it into the editor if you want a flat video and you can just pick which part of the shot you want to show on the screen, or you can watch it in 360 or, and here's the cool part core that I found out a few days ago. You can just take the 360 degree video and drop it directly into your Oculus headset and watch it on your Oculus headset. Yeah, we we got to do that. You sent us the link to that. Um, we're gonna do that tonight once uh, birthday girl gets home. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be recording some sex videos with it. I'm not gonna lie. At a boy, at, at least one. I mean, at least gotta try it, right? Well, you should probably record one. I should probably record one just to get the two different types of uh, you know cinematic experience and our our, our different vision for the films. Right, exactly. You got to figure out <laughs> your, your your cinematographic 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 style. I don't. know. My style yeah. is a film. We'll, we'll call that the word. Yeah. But it, I, I bought a nine foot or 10 foot selfie stick for it. Uh, and the selfie stick is invisible to the camera. So. Which I don't know how it does that. That's just amazing that it can do that. Isn't it? It's, it's crazy. Like how? Like, I don't understand. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Smart it's, computers. Yeah. Yeah. But it allows you to get these cool shots from up high that look like drone shots. Mm-hmm. And we did it on the boat while we were wake surfing and you could hold the camera up above and then flip around. You could actually like get behind me. The camera was so far back at one point looking forward at the boat and it's just, it's wicked. It's really cool. So sorry. I went off on a tangent there, but uh, we had this uh, meet up with these couples that we really, really, I really, really like both those couples. And there was a new couple there too. I didn't know them, um, but I really, really like these other couples. And it's it's great to have friends. We've met so many great people in lifestyle, and I consider them to be among our top friends. Absolutely. When last we left our heroes, we were talking about being down at the lake and the first night there. And the next day got better. Oh, yeah. And it started with lunch. Oh, it did. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm so glad that you find that chicken sandwich as good as I do because it's freaking delicious. Oh, God. And, and no one would believe that this is the best spicy chicken sandwich in the world. But it is. It's amazing. There's no other word for it. You don't even ask to ask for it without mayonnaise because it doesn't even come with mayonnaise. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> Well, first we went, we went surfing and you learned to surf last time we were there. So we went out and, and surfed for a while and built up a little appetite. And then we went to Jolly Rogers, which is about a mile from my house by water. And they have this, my, my brother-in-law and I call it the chicken situation. Uh, but it's this chicken sandwich. They call it fire in the hole. It's pan fried. It's not deep fried. And it's kind of blackened, but the seasoning is maybe has a little bit of breading in it that causes it to stick to it and form a little yeah. crust on it. And and that's the magic of it, right? It's like, it's somehow bread almost it seems like it's breaded, but it's not. Yeah. And, and how they make that chicken breast stay that juicy all the time uh-huh. baffles me. I don't, I don't see how they do that. It's a good ass sandwich. So if you Amazing. get a chance, if you get a chance, go get that sandwich. And then we went back and had ourselves a hell of a time for the rest of the afternoon just enjoying the cloud together. Yeah, we did. Might have been some substances involved with this that uh, were awesome. Certain substances that I've struggled with in the past because I never quite understood it or got uh, the same sensation you guys did. But finally, I think I got the right dose, and wow, I get it. (laughs) 
Yeah. So MDMA is, in my opinion, an amazing drug that can be used responsibly. And if it's used responsibly, especially between people that love each other, it's it's just an amazing experience. There's nothing else like it. Like you, it, it's it's this. You can't feel unhappy. It's impossible to have negative thoughts when you're on MDMA when you're rolling, and everything just tastes good. Everything feels good. Everything is just music is amazing, amazing, amazing. Every song sounds like it's the best song you've ever heard. Yeah, and I I haven't said this on the podcast before, but I really credit it with with. I don't know about saving our marriage. I don't want to say that, but, but just elevating our marriage to this next level. Like when we were sort of in the doldrums, this is before COVID even, um, you know, we decided we were going to try it once and, you know, your nervous middle-aged people taking a drug like that for the first time, you have no idea what to expect, but we prepared for it and we read up and we test kits and all that stuff. And it was, it's just been this amazing center for us. And every three or four months, uh, you know, we, we take plenty of time off so that we can enjoy it, not, not worry about uh, the effects on your body and those sorts of things quite so much. And it's just been this revelation for us. It allows us to, and I'm just talking about her and I for a second, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack it, but it, it allows us to communicate, to be open. It, it's this lack of inhibition, but without the stupidity of alcohol and the anger that can come with alcohol, but still that, that lowered inhibition. Yeah. And it, I don't know. I think it is just, it was just an amazing, amazing experience for me. And I'm really grateful that, uh, that you guys helped us do that and, and introduce us to it because like you, you know, we've talked about mushrooms on the, on the show before. I think it really does. I think that whole responsibility thing is super, super important to recognize. Like, we don't do this stuff every day. We don't do the, the MDMA. We don't do the mushrooms. We don't even do the, um, the edibles on a daily basis. I mean, it's, it's like a special thing for us to do these things. And, and, and I think when you make it special, it um, I don't know, somehow enhances it or something. I don't know, because it's, it's you know you're not abusing it. You know it's not something that you, you have to have or you need to have. It's something you want and you're, and you're doing it for a, for a therapeutic reason to, to feel closer to your partner, to feel closer to your, your cloud mates, to, to, to do these things that to actually improve yourself. And since, I'll be honest, since I started doing the, the mushrooms and now this stuff, it's like my quality of life has gotten a lot better. But I think it's that responsibility and not abusing it because it's not the, I guess one of the things that I've come to in the last few years is it's not drugs are bad. It's the abuse of drugs that are bad. It's no different than alcohol. There's nothing wrong with alcohol. It's the abuse of alcohol that gets people into trouble. But I think when you have that responsible attitude and you're doing it for a purpose, you're doing it to improve, not to hide from things or to run away from things or to avoid your problems. I think it's healthy. Probably not a popular opinion, but okay. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, certainly there are physical issues with it with any drug, uh, but those are all manageable and the risks that you can, you know, you can read about and see and choose to accept or not, um, right. and determine whether it's worth it for you. But for us, it, it's been amazing. So this time, uh, my wife and I did not, uh, participate. It was just you and your wife. So it was the first time I got to see, you know, be with somebody who I'm close to and see them going through a role and uh, first time I ever got to see someone go through a roll and not be rolling myself. And how was that to observe? 
oh my gosh, I was, I was really nervous about it. And so was my wife, but it was, it was really, really cool and amazing because I knew what you were going through. I know what you're thinking. I know, you know, how things sound to you, how the wind feels, how the sun feels on your skin. Um, but to see you like, it's almost like seeing a toddler experience something for the first time, (laughs) right? Like I know what you're going through, but I can't help you or I can't, you know, I, I can't, only you can experience that for the first time. Right. Uh, so it's, that was really, really neat to watch. But I do want to say that the way the way that my wife and I do it, I, I, if there's anyone that prepares for a role better than her, I don't know that person <laughs> because she. I mean, all the vitamins, pre, during, and post, like all the all all the stuff. It's it's all timed out. It's all measured out. Everything is. Yes, she is an expert at it. Yeah, well, I wasn't even talking about that, but yes, that oh. as well. I'm talking about the way we set up our house. And we didn't do oh, like Jesus. a full boat with you guys, <laughs> right? So we have a deck that looks out, out over the over the uh, lake, and that's the slime and pool area. We have a big queen air mattress, a baby pool, and then a splash pool. And then we have buckets of slime and body paint. And Glitter uh, and those, those balls that you hydrate and they get big and squishy. Yep. And, and bubble, a bubble machine. And let's not forget about the frozen fireball. Yep. And then when you go inside to the living room, we have a fog machine and a few disco lights there with, with speakers and music. And then the kitchen we have, she'll usually have peaches and we'll have some ice cream uh, and like little snacks. And she has buckets of candy laid out. And then the bedroom is like our soft room and she'll have feathers laid out and massage oil heated up and uh, their own lighting system in there. And of course we have a television and then we have the basement when for later at night where it gets a little crazier and we have an SE chair and we have disco and fog and loud, loud music. Uh, and, and so we, we really go all out and enjoy it. We didn't have that full experience with you, but there was never a lack of things to do, right? No, it was awesome. And the, um, you forgot to mention the gloves. I was going to get into the gloves because okay. we found this every time we roll. We lay all this stuff out because we never know what's the one thing that you're going to remember the next day. What was the coolest thing? And it always ends up being something that is just like a small thing. In this yeah. case, it was these LED gloves. They're, uh, I, I have a, a pair of them before that just have uh, three different colors that come out of the fingertips. And they're really cool. And you can dance with them and, and project them. They go a long ways. I mean, like a couple hundred yards. But mm-hmm. this this new one has a has exactly like the old ones, but on the top of the hand, it has a spinner portion with three LEDs, and it spins really really fast and creates these circles, and these circles projected at least two hundred yards onto trees, the dock, the lake, and everything. And think about remember the smoke we had in the living room. Yes, I I, I was so like my brain was like disconnected from reality seeing that like I wanted to reach out and just touch that cylinder of color with the smoke. And I was just like, what the heck is happening here? It was amazing. (laughs) Yep. We even went for a walk at one point and then I was projecting them onto the trees. Oh, I I couldn't handle that. I, it was like (laughs) vibrating or something because the wind was blowing the the leaves and the trees. And then it was making the, the, the LEDs like, like move like when you had it projected on on the wall of your garage it was fine everything was like stable it's like okay i can see this grid of all these lights and these lasers and things it's fine but then you put it on the trees when the leaves are moving and it was like the whole my whole reality was like in this earthquake that i couldn't feel right it was unbelievable you lose track of time on stuff like like if i see slime dripping my wife hold up a slime and i'll watch it drip and then i'll look up and have no idea if 
five seconds just passed or five minutes. Just you right. get fixated on the coolest things <laughs> and bubbles. And then of course there's always outfit changes. So I don't remember, but I, I know that night I had, I had the tool belt that was it that night that I had the tool. Oh, belt? that's right. You did do that. I did. And a kill. What were the tools in your tool belt? Yeah. Okay. So the tool belt <laughs> thing is your wife has now for a few months just made passing jokes about uh, a fantasy with a tool belt. I was supposed to have glasses too, but I forgot them. Uh, but she she's talked about it several times. So I went and bought a leather tool belt and with full intention of putting some tools in it and then surprising her with it. So she was laying out on the, on the air mattress looking out over the lake. And I told my wife, I'm going to go in and grab the tool belt. And I went in there and then I saw we had the bag of floggers down there and toys. And I'm like, oh, that's what I need to do. So I put the magic wand in the hammer holder and then I loaded up a handful of floggers and I came out and surprised her with the tool belt. That was awesome. It was pretty awesome for me. It was, it was super fun. And like, like I said, just watching, watching her face and your face and just seeing like this kid-like joy at bubbles and lights and stuff is just, mm -hmm. it's incredible. It's really cool. It's a drug that you just want to share with other people. Yeah. It's very social and very, I don't know. It just makes you feel close to people. I think. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it does. Exactly what it does. And then, of course, I'm pretty sure we had sex, didn't we? We had a lot of sex this weekend. <laughs> I think we had anal this weekend, didn't we? Is that what it was? <laughs> I'm very disappointed in myself if it was. That was really one of the funniest moments of the weekend. I don't even know remember <laughs> what we did, but what we did was definitely not anal. Like we we just did something, uh, some or not ordinary, but you know, some regular swinger foursome stuff. And then it, it was really, 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 really good. And you rolled over and you goes, guys, I think that might have been anal. <laughs> and I just lost my shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you notice that like some of the most intense and, and, and best sex that we have is when like all four of us are like writhing around together. And it's just like this, I don't even know how to describe it. Ed Edgy says it. It's, she says group sex. And I, what she means by that is not necessarily group sex with a big group or some random people. What she means is that we're all four participating in the same event. There's not two events of two people going on at the same time in parallel, right? Right. And I tend to agree with her. Now, that's not – I don't think one's better than the other. I'm not, I'm not saying – Well, that. and we still do sometimes the – I don't want to say it's separate play. We're always in the same vicinity of each other. But sometimes we have individual things with our – when we swap partners – but then sometimes it's just like we all four come together and do this thing and it's magic. It really is. It really is. And there's just hands everywhere and bodies everywhere. And yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably not good. I should probably pay more attention. I think that's key to consent, isn't it? Probably. <laughs> Knowing where your genitals are at all time and. Where everyone else Maybe is what we need to do is we need to set up cameras in, in every corner of, of the bedroom and then we can just hit record all night and then we can go back and remember what the heck we did. Or if only we had a 360 camera that would just capture all the angles at the same time. Yeah, but someone would have to move it around, wouldn't they? I think if we put it on a giant tripod up high, we could capture the most of it. In. Let's do it. All right. That's it. And then we're going to drop it into VR. Look out for us on VR porn hub or whatever site you get VR porn from. Did we skip the, uh, the birthday presents and the cake? We did not skip it. I, we're going to, we're going to talk about that actually next. 
Oh, okay. Perfect. So even though I'm not sure in order, that's the way we did it, but, um, we were obviously there for your wife's birthday and it's, uh, you know, her 40th birthday, we'll say. Sure. But (laughs) no, it's, it's, you know, every birthday is a little more special between the four of us just because we've been together a little longer. So, um, her and I, we've talked about on the show in the past, share a love of SpongeBob Mm -hmm. and we had seen this backpack that we really loved in Vegas and finally were able to find it online and order it and get it delivered. And that was going to be one of her presents. And then just sort of had the idea to fill that backpack with a whole bunch of different SpongeBob items and presented that to her along with the cake. And I'll let you talk about the cake. Yeah. So this was also a SpongeBob cake and, uh, had SpongeBob and Patrick on there, obviously. And it, what did it have written on there? What's funnier? I'm not going to use her actual age, but what's funnier than the age she was last year? Well, her age this year. Yeah. And so it was just, which is a play on the what's funnier than 24, 25 that you guys seem to think is hilarious. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was just a very cool thing. And it was a, it was a split cake is half, uh, vanilla and half chocolate, which was nice. Could have a little bit of both, and you know, I might have got a little diabetes this weekend again from all the sugar. But it was it was great. It was uh, something I think she really appreciated. I don't know how much of that she ever got growing up, but I'll tell you what probably the most touching part of those gifts because you had all sorts of like um, chip clips and um, what do you call it uh, refrigerator. Magnet clip, yeah, and, sunglasses and, and, and a hat. Sunglasses. And, oh, yeah. the hell oh, the hat. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> I was really, really shocked when I saw that it had an inside. You could, you could flip it inside out, and it was a different pattern of hat. That just blew me away. Cormac's um, revelation. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Um, but the thing I think that probably just about made her lose her shit was was the rings. Oh, you know what? She just sent me a picture of her wearing the ring. I mean, just now. Just now? Uh, yeah, nice. three three minutes ago. So, yeah, I, got, I had to add these. Uh, I actually picked out like 50 things on Amazon, and I told my wife, you need to go through this list and and call it because we can't get all 50 <laughs> things. But I did tell her the one thing she could not touch was the rings. Uh, they're these, they're ridiculous. They're these uh, BFF rings, Best Friend Forever rings. So there's two of them. And it's got a little lid that opens up on the top. And then there's a SpongeBob and a Patrick that folds out. They're metal. They fold out. And then they spin around on a little like a Lazy Susan on the ring. Uh, so they're like our secret BFF rings. Yeah, I think I think that touched her touched her heart in a really, really special way. Aw. Well, thank you for giving her that. Well, she looked really, really cute in the hat, though. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. And the sunglasses. Then you wore it and ruined it. Now I can't even look at it anymore. <laughs> I was like, Roseanne Barb, and a Yeti, and now SpongeBob, you've ruined it all for me. Cormac. Should I mention the picture you sent us this morning? <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. There's some good, good fucking last night, Cor. But they had been working on something special for you, too. So since we're talking yes. about her birthday, let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, somehow I got a I got a present as well, which um something I didn't even know that I needed, to be honest. 
So the story goes, when I was a little kid back in the, what, the 1930s, 1940s, I guess it was popular to have belts made, Western belts made with your, your name embossed on the back of them because that way, you know, I don't know why you needed that, but I had two of them. And my mom, I guess, had saved them over the years and uh, had given them to me not too terribly long ago. And so I don't know how the the topic had had come up between um, Birthday Girl and Edgy, but they got it in their mind to do some Daisy Duke shorts with a white top wearing the belts that have my name on them. And so they came out wearing that. I think that was on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, I was just like, oh my God, you have got to be kidding me. And so then, as if that wasn't enough, um, Birthday Girl got on her hands and knees on all fours and had Edgy climb on top of her back. And so we got a picture of both of their amazing butts in these Daisy Duke shorts wearing this belt with my name on it. And that's that's one of those pictures I kind of want to have at my funeral, I think. Oh, it was super awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> they, you, you didn't mention their position. Their position was that one of them was straddling on top of the other so that you could see both their asses sticking out with your name on the belt. Yeah, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weren't you just saying earlier in this podcast that you don't want to that oh, you don't want to talk about ownership? But now you're so happy they branded themselves with your name. Tattoos are next, right? Yeah, that's it. That's all. That's all that's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, that's those, that's the type of things I think that, you know, as you, as you get older and you get more mature and you start, you start doing things and it's, it's not so much the, like the, the monetary value of the gift doesn't really necessarily mean much anymore, but it's the thought and the, and the, the thinking and the, the emotions that, that come from it that really make the biggest difference. And, and I think we do that really well between the four of us. Ah, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And we, we talked about this in the last podcast, just as you get more mature in a relationship, buying each other stuff just to buy it. I don't know. It just, it, it, it doesn't have that same impact as something that's cute and personal. So, or, or, or a shared experience like what we had with the, with the concert, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then we made her birthday dinner, which was kind of an impromptu dinner. We made uh, some steamed clams and steak and she seemed to really enjoy that, although she's not eating much lately. She's uh, She's been on a diet kick lately. Yeah. But uh, we had a nice birthday dinner. Mm-hmm. And what uh, we went to bed, and then Saturday, we went out with some more friends on the lake. Yeah, we hadn't seen these folks in a while either. And uh, it was another really good time. We went and picked them up uh, in your boat. at. Uh, I think they're kind of on the other side of the lake where they were staying and so we went that way and picked them up and went to we went to that bar that had two pools, one on the left and the right side, right? Yeah, it's called High Noon. Yeah. It's uh it's a kind of a lesser known one, believe it or not. There's yeah, there's so many of these pool bars on Lake of the Ozarks. Uh but this one is more of a dance bar, dance 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 club pool. Is that fair to say? Sure. There was definitely some dancing. Yeah, there was a live DJ stage right up front. Uh, and then there were so many beautiful women there. Well, let's let's preface that by saying that I was probably the oldest person there by about 25 years. Yeah, and so you're an expert on this since you're old. At what, <laughs> at, at what point 
are you old enough that you're just a creepy old guy and it's not creepy when you when you stare at beautiful women? I sure hope I'm there right now and it's not creepy because I couldn't help myself. Yeah, yeah. There there were these two, they were younger, they're mid-20s, and I don't know why, but they were standing on the edge of the pool having their own little twerking contest, I think, for a really long time, like at least 15 minutes. Yep. Yep. And one thing about me, I I I like I like butts. You are a connoisseur of butts. I, I am a connoisseur, so I'm gonna look. Because I feel like that's why you're doing it, at least in part, in a public mm-hmm. place. So yeah. And then they decided to have a full-on dance competition for the ladies on stage. And I didn't know this because I'm sort of out of the dance loop, but apparently dancing in a dance contest means you just turn around and twerk for the duration of, of the song. Seem that way. And and do the splits if you can. Those are the ones that got are the biggest complaining? applause. No, I'm not complaining at all. I'm not complaining <laughs> at all. And I'm glad that they had multiple rounds so that we get to watch it over and over. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that the best contestant won. I'd have to see it again. And I think they even got down to like a twerk off between the top three or four, if I remember right, because there's probably about 10 or 15 to begin with. Yeah, yeah. So these other these other three people we spent time with that day were, uh, they're close friends of all of ours, and they're a thruple. It's uh, two females and a male. And I got to say, it's really sort of cool to hang out with them because they understand our dynamic. I think we understand their dynamic better than most. Mm-hmm. And everything feels a little more natural and smooth and, you know, we all sort of know our limits and everything. Do you, right. do you feel that too? Oh, absolutely. I, th- I think that's one of the reasons they, they like us is because what we have is kind of undefined or undefinable and by any normal terms. And I think they get, you know, I don't want to say they get spoken to, but they, I think a lot of people don't understand their dynamic, just like a lot of people don't understand our dynamic. And people are sometimes nervous to ask questions about it or, or talk about it. Whereas for us, it's like, well, we just talk about it because, well, all seven of us are kind of assholes anyway. And we just poke fun at each other and, and laugh and not really worry about what their dynamic is or what our dynamic is. And we just have fun together. Yeah. And I don't want to air their, I don't know, not even laundry. I don't want to air their laundry while they're not here, but I would like to have them on the show sometime and just talk about their dynamic because they're, they're farther along in this process. If not temporarily, they're farther along, um, you know, in terms of how close they are, how, how much of a, they've intertwined their lives, I guess they're, they're farther along than, than we are. And it'd be just interesting to talk to them about that and the, the benefits and drawbacks and, and those sorts of things. So if you guys are out there, you know, who you are at scooter and company, and we're going to have you on the show sometime. Our number one fan is part of that group. Yeah. One in that group is our number one fan. That's right. So we love you guys very much. And we went back and uh, coved out with him for a little while and then went home and we took a nap. We were just going to lay there and watch television and take a nap and I think it was you that initiated it with my wife, but she was kind of sleeping. And one of us initiated some heavy petting. Mm-hmm. And it turned into like a full on kind of nooner. Yeah. And then didn't we actually take a nap after that? We did actually take a nap. Yeah. No, we took a nap after that as well. But uh, that's something we had never really done before. I mean, I do that with my wife all the time. And we have never really done that, right? Right. I, I'll tell you what, I kind of liked it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. But it does lead me to a question that I asked you the other day. 
And it was, I, I think the way I posed the question to you was, are quickies more intimate? And what got me thinking that is I would have never thought that. And I know your gut reaction was, no, of course they aren't. But then I thought, you know, the cloud, we never have quickies. That feels like something you do with your spouse. So in a way to me, it's more intimate, even though you wouldn't traditionally think of it that way, because, you know, despite all the things we do with other people outside of our marriage, quickie is one of those things that we reserve for each other because the comfort level is there, you know, Mm -hmm. You don't have to worry about how prepared you've gotten and all those sorts of things. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and it's like, I don't want to necessarily like relate it to food, but it's almost like your your favorite comfort food meal that you're kind of your go-to that you have on a, on a weekly basis. And if you don't want to ever feel like it's something you're taking for granted, you still love it. That's why you cook it every week, right? Yeah. You know, it's like, like if, if tacos is your thing and you have tacos once a week, it's like, man, you look forward to those tacos. It's not like the full-on production of a big giant, you know, tasting menu at a, at a, at a fancy restaurant, but there's, there's a play time and place for both. And, you know, I think you're, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. I think you're right on with that, that it can be intimate with, with your partner. And, you know, it's just, it's a comfortable thing. Yeah. And I think that, you know, having that comfort to me is a sign of intimacy. Um, it, it demonstrates a level of intimacy that you just don't have with somebody you're standoffish with. Does that make sense? Right. Or that, and I think people, I don't want to say this. You always, when you start with, with the four of us, we've been, we've been doing this for, for over two years now. And there is a level of comfort and a lot less of a trying to put on an air or trying to put on like, Oh, what are they going to think about this? We, we're just ourselves because we, we trust that we're going to like each other. Even if we say something stupid, in fact, Usually when one of us says something stupid, it's actually a good thing because we get picked on and made fun of and we all laugh about it. But if you're with someone that you've not developed that comfort level with, you're, you're, you're still kind of holding back a little bit and saying, okay, well, I better not say that. They're going to think I'm a complete idiot. You know? And so I think if you turn that into the sexual side of things, like that's kind of where what you're saying, I think, with the quickie. It's like, oh, you're so comfortable with you. It's like, okay, let's just... Let's just have a quick orgasm and have some fun and, and take a nap. Not because we need to have some big, grand production of it, but it still feels good. And I want to feel close to you in this moment. Yeah, I, that's a really good way of putting it. What came out of this was maybe the most intimate picture I, we've ever seen of you and my wife, though. <laughs> it's the oh, cutest picture. It's not, it's not sexy, but it is you two laying together and she's dead asleep and you're not and you're staring down at her. And she's got her sleep face on, which is just the most adorable little thing you've ever seen. And, uh, and she's in full on snore mode. I mean, she is out. Yeah. Like she's dreaming. And it was, uh, it was literally just one of the cutest pictures I've ever seen. So yeah, um, that's, uh, that was, was absolutely brilliant. Just, I'm glad one of you guys got that picture. Yeah. Yeah. We took a nice nap. And then we went to downtown Lake Ozark and whooped it up down there where my intent was to dance. I was feeling in a really good mood and it was my day to pick kind of what we were going to do. So we went to Lake Ozark and got my favorite pizza down there and went looking for a a place to dance. We did a little shopping and then looking for a place to party, which we never did find, but we still had just an absolute blast. But the one memory I have of that is 
your wife, we went to another bar and she didn't, I think she maybe didn't eat a lot of pizza or whatever, but she decided to order oysters. Half, or no, you ordered half dozen oysters for her. You surprised him with her. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, she loves oysters, right? That's one of her favorite, favorite, favorite things in the world to eat. And like on her birthday weekend, why wouldn't I surprise her with that? Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about her love of oysters before. And I've, we've ordered oysters with her, but I've never, you know, usually I'm busy eating my own goddamn oysters, but the oysters (laughs) come out and she's really surprised and she's so happy. And there's a trio of sauces. There's a mignonette, horseradish, and uh, I forget what else, something else. And she picks up her fork, picks up her, yeah, picks up her fork. And I'm, I'm a little bit high and a tiny bit tipsy at the time. So I've kind of got that, you know, I can focus and concentrate on weird things. And I start watching her eat these oysters and my wife starts watching her. And I think you're talking to us. We're totally ignoring you. And she went through these oysters in about 15 or 20 seconds <laughs> methodically. <laughs> like she would pick it up. Her dipping, her dipping method, like she had this, this, this almost programmed, like it's almost like a robot putting them in yep. three different sauces. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And she was so oblivious. She didn't even notice that. I were staring at her. Uh, sorry. She didn't even notice that my wife and I were staring at her at a range of like 12 inches. Like we were right on top of her and she was, she was just in gross in those oysters. Yeah. She was down in them. And then she was a super happy camper after that. And we had, we did have a good time downtown, but then we went back and had what I described the next day as like the, the best sex I've ever had in my life. Like fuck seven. That was a 10. Um, <laughs> I don't even really remember why I just, I, I, it was, I think it, like, like you said, it just becomes a comfort level after a while. And that allows you to enjoy yourself, like relaxing yourself more. Right. Absolutely. And, and I think that's part of that still goes back to, like you said, the, the, the comfort and the time that we've had together. Like we don't even think about or talk about, Oh, is this going to be, are we doing full swap tonight or not? It's just whatever happens, happens. And we're all good with it. And and it just works, right? And you know, my trimix didn't work this time, right? Really? I yeah, I did it, and it just it, it didn't take. And it's like, okay, well, whatever. Let's go have fun. I mean, I'm not going to lament over it. And and you full swapped with my wife, and I did not with yours. That didn't keep me and your wife from having a really good time, though. Yeah, man. Yeah, I was I was I was on fire that night. So we had that crazy crazy time with you. And then I was like two hours long, I think. And you guys went to bed and I'm like, Nope, not done yet. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you guys can pretty much hear everything that goes on in our bedroom from the bedroom below. Is that accurate? Yes. However, we didn't that night. We were so tired from the roll and the day after the roll and being out in the sun and wake surfing because we wake surfed again and just, we hadn't been getting a whole lot of sleep because we've been partying so much. We were just Tired, and yeah. I think we both hit the hit the sack, and we didn't hear anything you guys did. <laughs> but, but I bet it was just, real good. I just have to thank you guys for sharing her birthday with us because it was it, it really was. I, I I feel like I'm overusing this term too often now, but it, it it was like the best lake trip we've ever had. We had just such an incredible time. So, and I want to thank your wife for sharing her birthday with us and letting us share it with her. You're very welcome. Thank you for hosting us. It was it was just an amazing, amazing time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what we forgot to talk about, though? The other pool we went to. You remember what happened to that one? Oh, it happened, yeah. For her birthday, <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, it happened, girl. Yeah, they were up. They were, so they were calling out uh, birthdays and, and anniversaries and stuff, and they called uh, a 
couple, well, they weren't a couple. They called these two people up. One was at a bachelor party. The other was at a divorce party. And they had them do, you know, body shots uh, off of them. And then my wife went up and uh, told the DJ that your wife had a birthday. So he calls her up and says, get your husband to come up. And she goes, can I pick somebody else? <laughs> and he just looked like, what the fuck? She goes, he goes, I guess so. Now I'm going to have my best friend's husband come up. So he announces that over the microphone. And I'm I'm pretty sure he knew the deal at some point yeah. during that whole thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was super fun. Now, that was super I, fun. Speaking of pools, this just gets us into shit I have an irrational dislike of. Um, and so I'm going to start with what my actual irrational dislike is, but then I'm going to get into something that bothers me even more, but I don't think it's irrational. I just do not like women's underarms. I don't like to see them. I don't like when their arms are raised up or I don't like men's either, just so we're clear, but for whatever, <laughs> for whatever reason, it's like some people are grossed out by feet. I'm grossed out by underarms, period. And I, I, my wife didn't even wear sleeveless shirts for a very long time just because I have this thing about it. But back to the pool, when we were at high noon, there were two women that I saw. And this is the third place that I've seen this happen, including last night at the bar. And then a week or so ago um, at a concert, a little concert we went to women, sometimes beautiful women with underarm hair. And I don't mean growth. I mean, they, it's not like they forgot to shave. It's like they never have shaven uh, and by golly, do whatever you want. That's fine. But uh, it's, it's a hard no for me. Why do you think that is? Well, cause I, cause I feel very similarly and, and sometimes I feel guilty for, for dislike. It's like, why do I care? I have underarm hair and I, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just because growing up, we just never saw it. It was not something, it was very, very uncommon. Like, I don't think I ever saw a woman with underarm hair until I was probably in my thirties. The answer is social norms. I, I mean, that's just it. And I, I don't know, it's maybe it's so programmed in me now that I can't, even if I chose consciously to accept it, that I couldn't get past it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it really is a trend or if it's just been coincidence or bad luck, depending on how you look at it for me. Uh, but yeah, not, it's just not okay for me. It, there's probably a lot of things like that. I mean, well, it kind of goes back to the whole, you know, with, with women and shaving, Sure, or waxing absolutely. or whatever, yeah. right? It's the same. I think it's the same thing. You know, back in the seventies, it was it was accepted that women could have a bush, and it was fine. It was normal. No one thought anything of it. But then, I don't know what changed. At what point in time that changed? But now it's pretty rare to see, you know, a woman, especially in the lifestyle, with a full pubic hair. Yeah, and I I would say that's a preference for me, but it, I'm I'm more or less ambivalent. Um, you your thoughts? Yeah, I. I like it. I like the the shaved look, and well, to be quite blunt, I'd, less hair in your teeth is always a nice thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, it doesn't gross me out the same way that uh, that underarm hair does. And you know, part of that is uh, societally, you and I came up in an era where it was transitioning, so we saw both. Both were more or less acceptable, right? Right. So it would be interesting to talk to somebody that's say in their twenties, because I think that's probably fair to say that the vast majority of their generation has shaved. 
right? Right. And to see what, you know, their, their take on it is, I bet you it would be different than ours. And I don't know. I don't know that societal norms are always such a, just this bad pariah thing that we make them out to be. I mean, they don't have any inherent value, but they're just, just a fact of life. I mean, there's, there's societal norms and, and the fact that you don't like one of the societal norms is something that you're, if you're going to be beating your head against the wall sometimes. Right. And I, I wonder, so is like if, if someone grows up in India or in Africa, the idea of underarm hair is probably just normal. It's like, well, we don't shave our underarms. Why would you shave your underarms? That's weird. That's gross. Hundred percent. Like, like they probably think the same thing of us, just because they grew up in a different a different thing. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. Outside of the United States and and a few other countries, circumcision is incredibly weird. Yeah, and right. yeah, that's that's something that we're just societally conditioned to think is is normal in the way it's supposed to look, and to most of the world, that's going to look really strange. So, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of weird thing. So. That got, yeah. got a little little more deeper than I wanted it to, but interesting anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we looking forward to next? Uh, well, I think we actually are actually going to have a, a couple of months until we're back together again. Um, so I'm not looking forward to that. But then in August, we're going out to the West Coast to visit Portland, Oregon. And uh, the I can't remember the name of the town you told me, but right on the coast, we're going to drive from Portland, Oregon down to the Pacific and do some hiking and exploration around one of your guys' favorite places to visit. Yeah, Newport, Oregon. I'm really excited for that trip. Oh, wait, what? I had one more observation about underarm hair that I, that I, this is, this is something I observed. The, the number of, well, from my limited, limited, limited observation, women who prefer to have their underarms perfectly natural because it is perfectly natural also choose to dye their hair strange colors which i think is an interesting juxtaposition that is a great juxtaposition yep it you can't lecture me about it being natural when you have green hair it's not a consistent position yeah yeah so well glad we got that settled well i think that's it for the cloudcast today I think we've covered all of our topics. I can't wait to see you guys. We're definitely going to see you before we go to Oregon. So maybe another Des Moines trip. Yeah. Something like that. Hopefully Nashville. I did tell your wife to say that's right. So yeah. And I think it would be probably a good time this next month to do uh, an interview with Scooter and company. So uh, you're on the clock guys. We'll drive down for that. We will. That in person. Cause that's going to be a, Shit show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Of all the, of, of only the best kind. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, once again, we thank you all for listening to the Cloudcast podcast. And I am Bruce Seven. And I am Cormac. And we are signing off. 